Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 86. Being a bit like bold or courageous or doing something that other people aren't doing, um, something new, is it was definitely a driving force for me. So like before getting into paddling, I remember seeing like Selway Falls, which is a pretty legit falls and it was right when somebody was showing me how to paddle and I was like I could maybe kayak that someday if I'm, I'm learning how to kayak I, I couldn't wouldn't want to do it in a raft but you know my dad was a rafter but I could kayak that and then American Falls I just I started seeing waterfalls and thinking like I could probably figure out a way to do that you know and it was before I could roll but that's just what drew me was pretty much like whatever would scare my parents hit it that's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, and if you guys have been following along with our show, you guys know Mondays we do our deep dive interviews with amazing guests And we have another one lined up for you guys today as I get to speak with legendary honey badger within the sport of whitewater kayaking, Eric Boomer, sometimes known simply as Boomer or just the honey badger. Eric has done so many different expeditions and first ascents. It's almost too many to list off. He's also been the National Geographic Adventurer of the Year. He's been part of many film projects and is a professional photographer himself as well. And most recently has become more of a polar expedition guide and expedition member. So we we dive deep into his whole story of courage and kind of that like ballsy aspect as he likes to say uh, from childhood to where he is today as well as kind of some of his most crazy and wild uh, projects waterfalls and expeditions and kind of how he's getting into more of these polar expeditions and what that all entails this is just a really really cool conversation Um, Eric honestly has so many nuggets of gold to share and just so much experience and yeah I, I just can't wait to share this interview with you guys because I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Eric Boomer. Eric, first off, thank you so very much for joining me here on The Art of Awesome. Yeah, man, no problem. Uh, Stoked we could make the schedules line up. It took a little bit, but uh, you got me pinned down. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Eric, you, um, I I mean, I've known you for, for quite some time, but also just doing some uh, due diligence and, and digging into your kind of backstory into this, you are a complete and total badass. And and the cool part is you were like the original dubbed uh, and, and nicknamed Honey Badger of kayaking. 
for some wild first ascents that you've done over the years. Um, but I kind of want to go back to the beginning. Were you always this kind of ballsy and courageous? And, and how did you get into kayaking? And was that courage like always there? Or like even even from the beginning as a, as a child or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I think for sure it's, it's like for me that kind like being a bit like bold or courageous or doing something that other people aren't doing, um, something new is, it was definitely a driving force for me. So like before getting into paddling, I remember seeing like Selway Falls, which is a pretty legit falls. And it was right when somebody was showing me how to paddle and I was like, I could maybe kayak that someday. If I'm, I'm learning how to kayak, I, I couldn't, wouldn't want to do it in a raft, but you know, my dad was a rafter, but I could kayak that. And then American falls. I just, I started seeing waterfalls and thinking like, I could probably figure out a way to do that, you know, and it was before I could roll, but that's just what drew me was pretty much like whatever would scare my parents and <laughs> my parents say, no, you shouldn't do that. It was like, I bet I could do that. I'd like to figure out a way to, to do this. Um, so totally, you know, and, and I don't know if it's fully like being, you know, in some ways it's courageous, but in another way, it's just like a kid just wanting to push it, you know, a little faster, a little bigger on like the sled hill or whatever. And, and it's, it's just kind of like play for me, you know, I, I, it's fun to like, even just, yesterday i felt like a kid because these uh i'm here in a calwood i'm kite boarding on skis a lot and the water in front of town is starting to get bigger and bigger so there's these big ponds between the ice of fro like ocean water with frozen bits of ice and i was like i wonder if i can like skim across that whole thing and i've been looking at it for a few years and you know if i in some ways it's like oh it's crazy but it's it's pretty in control but it's just like I want to see if I can do it and I might end up swimming back and it might look funny but if I can like skim across this thing and water ski it's gonna be pretty awesome so yeah for me it, it's play and just trying to push it and kind of entertain my parents or friends or whoever's around really that's that's awesome um I, I love how it's <laughs> how you said you just wanted to scare your parents and, and, and entertain your friends and stuff like that. Um, in this whole like honey badger mentality, you've done a lot of stuff that most people would never touch. Like even some of the best of the best athletes um, would, would kind of turn that down. And I, I, you're pretty famous for, for this one waterfall called Chutes de Magnon in, in Quebec. I've been there and I've looked at it and I didn't even see anything that remotely looked like a line. Um, what was kind of going through your head when you saw that one in particular and, and kind of how did you piece that together? Because for me, it just, it, there was no line there to be had, but obviously uh, you went for it anyway. Yeah. A bit of a line to be had apparently. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like the shoots du Magnon was a bit of like a pinnacle of my honey badgerness and like a, a pinnacle of my youthful zest. Um, I still am kind of drawn to that type of drops, but that, you know, looking back on it, I'm not sure if I need to, to do that one again, especially when I saw it with low water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it at low water when I was there and it, it didn't look good. 
yeah, it looks terrible at low water. I don't know how I survived, but at high water, um, and you know what I saw still holds true. It, it rivers are can be incredibly forgiving. Water can be incredibly forgiving, and you know it does have a way of filling in potholes and sieves, and you know pushing you more where you want to be. Sometimes you know not always, but uh, yeah. And that one, I was prepared for a ride, and you know, I was fully tuned up back to my background. You know, I've got two older brothers that one was like a, a football player in the CFL. He almost made the NFL and the other one was a heavyweight wrestler. So they were always like rough with me and taking me, you know, to go like, I think when I was like nine or 10, they, you know, would bring me bridge jumping and made me like jump off the biggest ones first. And they were rough and just kind of like got me, in that mentality, I guess, of just like, yeah, you can get rocked and, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just a hit. And so, yeah, I totally just saw, you know, shoots to Magnon. I, I figured if I could hang on for long enough through, you know, just classic class five kayaking skill, break through a couple reversals and keep in the line that this last part would just be hanging on, you know? And, and so, literally that's how I broke it down was like, if I can break through two or three of these laterals and get into that main flow, like, you know, shit could really go haywire, but eh, whatever. It's only haywire for like the last 50 or 60 feet or whatever it was of, of the drop, which was a pretty loose calculation, but, um, but it did pan out to be pretty smooth. And my only regret is that I wasn't working on my hand roll at that point. Otherwise, <laughs> it should have just popped right up. Like my hand roll is like totally bomber now. And I look back at some of those days and I think, why didn't I just learn a stupid hand roll? Um, not that it would have made the drop much more glorious, but I totally would have like rolled up and smiled at the bottom of that one. That's awesome. You've also done... Um... Forgive me for for not knowing the name of the drop, but what was the one that you rappelled in in your kayak and, and you cut the rope? What was that drop? Waklola Falls, and that's in the Columbia Gorge, uh, right between Eagle Creek and Bridal Veil Falls, actually. And uh, it's super cool. It's like it's a really popular summer hike. Beautiful falls, and uh, there's there's quite a bit of canyon up, up above it but particularly right above it is a very tight super log choked canyon but then spitting out i think it's like it looked like it probably a 60 foot waterfall really nice and and it's just like you know it's one of the ones that i looked at and it was like man that is beautiful i know i can do this this will be fun and it you know it's just you know kind of like a painting and i would like to be somebody moving down there in a picture like i know i can do this yeah but it was like uh, how are we gonna do it and uh yeah a randomly a friend says swollen known as the sasquatch in uh hood river at a, a bar the the night before you know i was like yeah i found it i but i think there's some big trees or something i think i'd have to repel in and he was like i got a rope i'll do it um had no clue what we were doing with, he, he had a bit of an idea with repelling, but yeah, we just kind of made up this system on the spot that I felt comfortable with. And looking back at, at it, it was a pretty good system. 
uh, except for we had no real idea how to like retreat or to go back. It was like once we started going down on the rope, it was pretty much um, for all intents and purposes, like going down through the falls. And, you know, once you're about 200 feet down, the features in this little canyon look a little bit different than they do in real life. And uh, yeah, releasing from the rope was pretty saucy. And uh, yeah, that was that was like, yeah, really, really special moment that I, I totally, um, yeah, just a pinnacle of, of, of that career and made me so psyched. And yeah, now I'm getting into climbing and learning this rope stuff. And some of it's because of those experiences. It was like, man, I want to know what I was doing and how I could do it better and, and how to move around in these places. That's awesome. Do you, do you feel like, um, I don't know, that that youthful zest and and that kind of just search for doing a lot of things that haven't been done before. Is that what brought you into more of the polar expeditions and stuff like that? Because you've also done some incredible other style expeditions, like besides just like first ascents and waterfalls, where you did uh, massive circumnavigations and you did the Twin Galaxies expedition with, uh, with your girlfriend Sarah and Ben Stokesbury, where you guys did what was it a thousand kilometers on kite skiing across Greenland, the ice caps there and running some waterfalls at the end of it source to sea. So like what kind of got you into the whole polar expedition realm? Well, the, the first thing that got me into the polar realm was John Turk, this old, really, really classic character. He's uh, been going at it since the seventies and just like sending it to the moon on big, long adventures. He is a whitewater kayaker too. Um, yeah, I think he was running like the South Fork of the Salmon real early in the eighties with the guys, but he would just set off like his first expedition. He had an old canoe and he just started paddling from like Seattle and paddled all the way to, to uh, Alaska, Glacier Bay. And wow. he just had this attitude of these big, long trips. And, you know, he took Conrad Anchor on his first climbing trip and paddled from Japan to Russia one time. And anyway, just wow, really classic for like sending it and, you know, getting stuck in the ocean for three to four days with like, you know, in a kayak and big water with like a water bottle and a bag of nuts. Uh and, you know, he's he's 70 now and he still is kind of like the same character. He's still doing the same stuff. He's like, I've never had a real job. Don't do it. You know, he always gives me that <laughs> advice. Um, basically, I said yes to that trip, which is a trip Tyler was going to go on till Tyler broke his back. And that was my first real Arctic trip. Um, I can't give all the credit to that trip, though, because my girlfriend and partner of like 10 or 11 years now, Sarah McNair Landry, her life is polar in Arctic expeditions. So that totally has an influence on, on me doing other trips. And especially after doing this Ellesmere one, you know, we started teaming up a bit and planning like, well, what can we do? You know? And, and for me, it was like, well, what trips do you want to do, Sarah? Like what's the gnarliest trip we can do, you know? And one was a four month long dog sled trip around Baffin Island where we were dog sledding and it was, super cold her parents had done it 20 years ago and nobody had been able to do it since wow and uh yeah and, and the twin galaxy kind of came out of it was just an idea that i had on these other long trips i realized 
man, when it's all snow and you're skiing, you can load up your kayak with hundreds of pounds of gear and you could ski or you could kite and there's no trees. So you can, you know, take two weeks, a month, two months, whatever, but cover this great distance and then be all set up to actually do some kayaking. Um, and then also having the experience living up here um, with a bit of momentum allows these trips to happen where I, I can take time off, I can plan it out. And uh, that's, that's a big part of my world right now, figuring out these same types of trips, like the Twin Galaxies one. But one thing I'm realizing is, at least on Baffin, there's really crazy cool rivers, but they're pretty short. You know, they're like 15 or 20 kilometers long. Um, you know, there'll be like five or 10 waterfalls. But for me, it's like, man, if I'm going to travel 100 or 200 kilometers or spend a month somewhere, I'd, I want to do more than just like a 10 kilometer section. So what I'm finding now is there's cool ways to link up several rivers or add in other adventures. Like last summer, we were able to um, do a big hike over a pass and paddle down four rivers just by doing like five to 10 K hikes in between each one. Cool. And so that created quite a bit of value. And, you know, this summer it's like, there's a couple of sweet rivers and then some big walls. So hopefully combine some, some big wall climbing with, uh, you know, some dream rivers in there and, and just make ultimate trips. That's awesome. I love how you're not only continuing to push yourself and continuing to just like explore, but you're just adding different, you know, different sports to the, to the whole gamut as well. Like, Oh, first it starts with kayaking and then it's like polar expedition. Then it's kiting and skiing and climbing. And just, I don't know. It, it's just cool that you're, you're adding all of this to like one package where it's like, what trip could I do that I can do a little bit of everything. And I don't know. It's, it's pretty rad. No, it's fun for me. You know, like that's, that's one thing when my, my younger self would have been a bit, disappointed because I was so singularly focused on kayaking I thought man like anybody who does another sport they're a trader and you can tell they're not paddling and there's there's a bit of that like I'm like I'm obviously not putting in the days I was so I don't you know I'm not as sharp at all times until I get tuned up but uh but what I'm stoked on is that I I kind of move away and then I come into it and so it keeps it really fresh and keeps it exciting where I, you know, do start to get bored if I'm not progressing or trying new things. Um, but keeping it all moving as this package and, and uh, learning some more other sports and coming back into it is really keeping it fresh and keeping it super sustainable for me of like weaving together bigger trips and going to more exotic or difficult to access places like this, this river in Ecuador with Ben and Noria should be you know, real hard white water. And then it seems like it's going to require some serious climbing techniques to move around. So for me, it's like, it's like what I've been looking for and hoping for is this chance to, yeah, using th these aid climbing techniques to send out of deep, tight canyons and then run waterfalls at the same time. So that's awesome. That's super cool. The, the cool thing that that you're doing as well is 
you're not just, you know, famous for your kayaking and, and your expeditions. You're also, you know, world-class photographer and you've been featured in, you know, Nat, Nat Geo, New York Times, Outside Magazine. You've had photos in uh, the Red Bull Loom. How do you balance going on these expeditions and running the class five and, and, you know, being part of an expedition team member as well as being a photographer and trying to get creative and like, do you ever feel like you're distracted with one or the other? Do you ever like when you're kayaking, you're distracted by wanting to take photos or, or vice versa when you're taking photos, do you ever get distracted about like where you should be thinking about kayaking or anything? For sure, man. It, that's something that I feel like I'm learning about all the time. Like I'm definitely not done growing and learning as a photographer for one, but also just in that process, it's, uh, you know, for me, it requires a lot of intention and a lot of motivation to both be running hard whitewater and capturing high quality imagery. And they don't always like the, the motivation and creativity doesn't always come at the same time for both of them. So sometimes it itches back and forth, but you know, bottom line is you got to be pulling out the camera and, and, and you just have to be a little bit more motivated. Um, you know, it's, it's like, and, 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 and photography for me fits like right into that same hub of the wheel with all these other sports or activities in that, you know, it, it's one of the things that I do to express my art and my path for good or wrong has not been like, there were times that I thought like, okay, maybe I'm not going to be as much of a kayaker and I'm just going to be a photographer and I'd love to be a famous photographer, but that isn't actually the way that I went. The way that I went would be, you know, a couple months of the year, I'm like really shooting a lot. And then I'm running hard whitewater for a chunk of the year and then I'll be on like an expedition and then back into art mode. And so for me, it's kind of like cyclical, almost like the seasons of the year. Uh, so I'm getting like a bit of a break from each of these things. And that allows me to kind of appreciate it when I get into it. Uh, the last few months, I've been doing a bunch of photo work and drone and video work and like I'm pretty psyched actually I was a little bit burned out um on photo stuff coming into it and now that the ball's rolling I'm I'm just loving creating imagery you know and and seeing just I feel like I have a little bit of a fresh perspective and different ideas and I'm like stoked and actually like stoked on the videos you create Nick like you do a really, really good job. And like, I, yeah, I'm going to learn some things watching your videos and I'd love to pick your brain sometime, but um, yeah, it's new and it's fun. And so it's like, yeah, that's where like my part of my motivation for all these things come from is, is that same bit. And yeah, I'm not going to go full time for the next year, just like going every day and film and photo, but I'm going to like set some goals and go for it and have fun. And once I achieve those goals, hopefully carry that into the next trip or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully just keep growing these things individually. A bit. That, that's awesome. One of my favorite parts about your art and photography is that as a pro kayaker, I feel like a lot of kayakers or people that are within their own sport, they get so focused on just 
I don't know, the the drop or the trick or the technique or or whatever and, and like that's what the photo is or that's what the, the image or the the video or whatever. And then you, you get photographers that are outside of a sport and they come in and they get really a lot more artsy and, and creative about the angles and, and just like capturing the moment. Although I find what you do is you're able to kind of do both. You're able to get that really cool artistic moment tied in with the actual like, I don't know, the the cool twist that, you know, someone's doing with a with a trick or just the the intensity of a drop or a rapid or an expedition. What is it when you're in there, like when you're creating this cool, you know, rad art photography, whatever, how is it that you're kind of capturing that creative side of the moment a little bit? Oh man, like, well, uh, just spray and pray, man. Just hold that shutter down. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to, to one extent, it's like having the camera out helps yep. a lot, you know? And then you look at your strengths and, and like, I see it in your stuff too, is like being a boater, you're able to get a lot closer to the action. So that's the, the being able to get closer, figure out ways to get closer is one thing that, you know, a lot of other photographers can't do. Um, you know, safely and, and the way, you know, whatever with a GoPro, you can stick it on a paddle and some of these new cameras, the mirrorless, the lenses flip out so you can really get unique rad angles. But uh, it's really just seeing like, all right, what's making, what, what makes these compositions more interesting, you know, like at um, first just seeing a big waterfall framed up with rule of thirds is like really cool. And it, you know, to this day, it still kind of, still kind of stands like for a, a large waterfall, you to show scale, you kind of need to show scale and, yeah. and uh, you know, you can shift up the angle there a bit, but you know, you look at what the, the pros and, and people that are really good are doing and, you know, they're adding elements of foreground or getting, you know, you know, with the drones or, or if you can get above on bridges and, and, you know, cropping off the tops and, and just, yeah, starting to play around and have fun. I, I, I don't know. I, I think in a lot of like, I try to compare everything. And for me, it's just like the same as kayaking, you know, you're just trying stuff and, you know, you get a vision for a trick or a waterfall or whatever. And, you don't hit it the first time, but you go and go and every now and then you figure out a variation that's like a little bit different, but it works for you. And while it's fun, go for it. And then sometimes you come back around and those same techniques work in a different place or a different environment, but it's, it's really just trying to get inspiration, motivation and playing around with it. That's awesome. I love how too, how you said that it's just, you know, getting creative and, and having fun, which is kind of what you mentioned earlier about just kayaking and stuff too. And, and kind of just having that fun, playful mentality in everything that you do, whether it is your paddling or your expeditions or your photography. So I think that, I don't know, that, that playfulness and that fun is, is definitely, you know, a key component and, and it really comes out in, you know, everything that you do. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just like what we're doing should be pretty dang fun, right? Like whether it's whatever it is, it's it's just we live in a time where we're blessed to be having fun and that's it's where it's at. <laughs>
you know yeah. i love these deeper projects but yeah for me whitewater and expeditions it's play that's awesome what would you rather do would you do a hundred foot waterfall or a hundred day expedition because you've done them both oh man i mean the for me uh I think like the ultimate and I don't know, as I'm, I'm getting older, you know, I'm almost like, I'm almost 37. So 40 is creeping up, but it would be so cool to do a hundred day expedition with a hundred foot waterfall would be. There we go. Combine them. I like it. Totally. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, cause uh, yeah, I love the longer trips and I'm going to be doing them, but I don't want to give up the, the fall. So yeah, I'm just looking for combining it. I want it in one trip. That's super cool. Do you, um, like, obviously you've, you've been paddling a lot with, with Ben Stokesbury and, and Noria Newman, uh, a fair amount recently and, and doing some really cool projects with, with that crew. Um, we, we had Ben on the podcast as well a little bit ago. So, um, another just incredible paddler and expedition leader as well. Do you feel yourself, continuing to go more in a general aspect more in polar expedition more back to whitewater like is there i don't know uh a direction that you're going or is it just kind of like i'm doing this right now and i'm going to do that later and then i'm going to do this and just trying to keep it very centralized where it's almost like that the spokes of a wheel where you can do them all and and do it all efficiently yeah, right now it's the spokes of the wheel where I'm just trying to do them all. Like I last summer with the lockdown, I was locked down here in Nunavut and this summer I am. So at this moment I'm feeling, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm able to do and, and that is more climbing. And then it will be like one bigger whitewater trip. There's a few little creeks around town when it melts out eventually. I'm just watching the ice melt slowly, but, uh, yeah, that's like just these years. But um, for me, it's like I'm, I'm really keen and eager to do more whitewater um, and just being being not a, not able to do those things um, for me just makes the desire grow stronger. So, yeah, um, hopefully all of it. I, I don't I'm not ready to step away from paddling. And if anything, it's just I kind of want to grow the arena that I can bring the paddling into is, is a way to, to look at it actually. That's awesome. So you, you're mentioning that you're in uh, Nunavut right now and in lockdown, in quarantine. Um, I also saw that on your Instagram that when you were doing your two week quarantine coming into Canada and you're locked in like this hotel room for two weeks that you were going a little crazy or and you were doing some like crazy climbing through this table until it eventually broke, like seeing if you could climb around it without touching the ground. How has it been? Are, are you just like used to that solitude being that you've been, you know, out on these polar expeditions in the middle of nowhere for days and days on end? Or do you feel that you still have that, um, I don't know, that lockdown solitude feeling when you're stuck in a hotel room for, for two weeks at a time? And I'm, in some ways, I'm sure it helps me out. But to be honest, like mentally, I'm, I don't really want to be in the hotel room. Like 
mentally, I, if I choose to do a long trip, that's where I'm at a hundred percent. But um, the lockdown in the hotel, it was really hard. And, and, you know, what, what I noticed was when I was in there, people who'd been through similar lockdowns reached out and were like, how are you doing? What's up? And like, there were like, people were sending food, but it was always people who'd been through it. And, uh, and yeah, like I get it. It's hard. And, and particularly if you're mentally not really wanting to be there. Um, so I struggled with it. Um, Sarah, my partner was a bit better with it. She had a lot of, a bit more computer work that she was like rolling on and wanted to jump on. And so that was good. And my computer like started fritzing out and I wasn't quite in the groove yet. And, uh, yeah, I got ten like body tension and, and I didn't do so well. I wish I could say that I crushed it, but I definitely didn't. <laughs> You're like a caged animal in there. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like yeah. I'm yeah, I'm getting domesticated. I didn't like it. Yeah. I saw I saw you practicing your backflips until uh until it eventually I don't know, it looked like a couple painful landings doing backflips in a hotel room super painful yeah i don't know what i was thinking without a pad but i have been feeling more athletic lately so like i i, I want to stick that back yeah i almost got it the other day actually before lockdowns but uh that's awesome yeah you know that's yeah It'd be pretty sweet to be 40 year old year old and be able to stick a standing backy for the first time would, would uh make my day so i got I, a few years to work on i don't doubt that you will achieve that as I feel like you can just, you're the kind of personality that uh, once you put your mind to it, you can do anything. So it's pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, you also had this uh, this short film a while ago with NRS, um, The Souls of Water, The Nomad. And one of the things that uh, I liked from that video, you talk about how you're wandering a lot and wondering, you know, what you're searching for. And I, I wanted to ask, do you know what you're searching for and have you found it? Uh, you know, to be honest, that that like script was kind of written up by the guys at Forge um, okay. and, and whatnot. But, but to be honest, um, yeah, you know, I do like I do like to read a lot about like mystical and stuff. And and so there is like a bit of a human nature of, of searching. And and so if I look myself, I totally am, am searching and you know really defining what you're searching for is important you know i think on the outside it's like i'm looking for these peak experiences and these feelings that you know paddling gives you but if you actually break it down um and and really look at it it's it's like being you know being present and actually being engaged in the moment and that is you know that's where it's at and it's it's always here and it's sometimes a challenge to get our brains on that page and uh you know for me it it's it's something i keep realizing and i forget and i keep realizing and uh that's it <laughs> yeah what's uh what's your next 3 to 5 years look like eric i mean obviously you've got this big expedition with uh with ben and noria coming up um do you feel like you've got you know a semi long-term game plan or are you way more of like shooting from the hip kind of, you know, day to day, month to month? Uh, mostly from the hip, but, uh, 
just yeah long-term one there's this yeah i really really want to uh do some of the big climbing like i have climbing goals that i want to add into whitewater goals and that's kind of big vision but again it's like one or two trips um but it requires a lot of work and planning to get there and so that's like the biggest thing that I have long-term, you know, I'm passionate. I want to become a better storyteller through photos and video. And I want to become a better climber because I've got a lot of room to go on that aspect. And I want to sharpen up and be the best paddler I can be. And uh, yeah, those are kind of the, the three things that I feel like right now I want to like keep growing uh, as I move forward and combine them into something really cool. That's awesome. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So I'm going to move us on to the next segment of the show that I call the fire round. Though before we jump into our fire round, I just want to take a brief moment and hear from our sponsors. Personally, I've had my fair share of injuries over the years, and I can honestly say that CBD has been one of my go-tos for any recovery, whether it be something like a separated AC joint or tendonitis or sore muscles CBD oil has helped me with it all. I've even used it to simply reduce my stress and even sleep better at night. So if you want to give it a try and start feeling better already, then I have something for you. How would you like an additional $50 off the Calm CBD oil that I personally use from Touchstone Essentials? So simply head to www.thegoodinside.com forward slash art of awesome and sign up now. Your body will thank you fire a couple quick questions at you as I feel like I could talk with you for hours. Uh, I love your story. I love all that you do. And it's just very intriguing for me. Um, but I'm going to fire these, these couple quick questions off at you. Eric, do you have a favorite quote that you live by? No, I don't. I love quotes though. And I love, I, I love like reading different ones and they inspire me and then they go away and I find a new one. That's awesome. Uh, what might be a lesson that you've learned recently, whether it be through a mistake or through success? A uh, lesson that I learned recently was just, uh, yeah, just recently with all the photo and film work I was doing was just, you know, and it's the same with everything else. When you get back into something and you feel a little bit rusty for the first, you know, couple days and then stuff starts flowing and the juices start happening and it's awesome again. So that feeling of like unease and being unsure is like, really a good thing and it means that the fun stuff's about to happen so you know push into that i love that um do you have a favorite book or current book that you might be reading or anything you know that that's inspired you along the way oh man i've been reading so many kindle books lately uh and what would be a favorite one I, I've, I've just been liking uh, just reading fun fiction lately, like Stephen King. I just finished like a short novella of like Stephen King stories. That's really fun. And uh, one that's on like indigenous wisdom with science called Braiding Sweetgrass right now. That's really cool. 
and gives you a bit of a different perspective of like worldview. I really cool. appreciate that at the moment. That's that sounds awesome. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Do do you bring uh does your Kindle come along on your expeditions? Yeah, it does now for sure. I, I, I didn't read books until I got a Kindle and now I'll be on an expedition and I've got, you know, like 12 books to flip through on the Kindle and uh, I'll finish, you know, all of them on a trip. So I'm, I went from zero books a year to like 12. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what might it be? Man, I don't think I would have listened to it if I could give myself advice. <laughs> but I guess the one thing that I do tell other people, though, is, you know, looking back on all my goals that I've set, uh, I can and I, I, I never feel like, boy, I wish I wouldn't have set that goal quite that lofty. I only wish that I would have set bigger goals or higher expectations of dreams and, and and visions like that because looking back almost every real vision that I conceived of and like decided was a goal is like it's it's happened and so yeah I wouldn't be I would encourage myself to not limit those goals and shoot bigger than I would have that's amazing I love that piece of advice because I I too, I feel like maybe I'm the only one here, but I feel like regularly we, we kind of talk ourselves out of, you know, big lofty goals at times and be like, Oh, that's a little bit too big. Let's tone it down just a touch. But then when you, you know, achieve it or, you know, make it, you know, turn it and realize it, you're immediately thought like, think like, Oh, I should have aimed higher. You know, I should have gone bigger. And so I think that's just great advice that I personally will, uh, I'm going to apply that in my life a lot more. And, and I hope everybody listening, uh, listens to that as well. Cause I, I think that's just incredible. Eric, if you were to leave this earth today and everything that you've done, all of your expeditions, all of your photos, all of the videos that you've done, everything was to be gone with you and all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen and you could write down and leave three truths, three things that you believe to be true. What would those three things be? Oh man. Three things that I believe to be true would just be, yeah, I love everyone. Uh, I love adventure and, uh, I don't know if I'd put a last one, but I think I would just put, I love everyone. I want everybody to know that. And that, you know, I love adventure. It's probably like the two biggest things right now. Yeah. Well, I, I love that because I think you're in leaving that third one open. It is that, uh, that continual search and that it's, it's kind of the, the unended bookmark. So I think that that ends perfectly with, with just your personality and, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I think that's that's quite fitting for you for sure. Eric, something that I try to do with all of these uh, episodes as much as I can is is I try to add value. So is there anything that you're personally focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Let's do some video editing, Nick. Let's, uh, let's yeah, I want to make 
you know, I just figured I, I sometimes I get the opportunity to work with amazing film crews that create Red Bull videos or whatever. And, and that's awesome. But yeah, I'm kind of realizing like, man, I'm in these situations all the time. I'm a photographer, so I'm learning how to uh, make make some kind of short videos. And yeah, so I I don't know what my specific question is for you yet. Um, but what you're doing is really cool. And so I'm, I'm actually, I'm just digging in and putting in the hard work and starting to edit old GoPro clips and put things together and, and, and see what I can do and how that works. But yeah, do you have any video advice? Oh, I feel like, um, <clears throat> I feel like you're the pro for me to give you any, you know, video advice. Um, it seems weird for me, but, uh, I, more than anything, I, I guess I would just say, try just to document. Um, that's something that I learn and, and I, I regularly, you know, personally struggle with where I want to get, you know, so creative or I want it to be polished or whatever. And, and I think more than that, it's just better to just document and just, you know, put it out with however it was. If, if it was, you know, a total shit day, put that out there. Uh, if it was, if, if everything went totally wrong, you know, put that out there. Cause, cause that's real. And I think more than ever people want what's real instead of this kind of like polished product. Um, so that, that would be, and, and I'm not saying that I always do that. Maybe that's something that, you know, advice that I giving myself as well. Um, but that's something that I'm working on and maybe that's the best advice I could give. Nice man. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so very much, Eric, for joining me. This has been just truly incredible getting to catch up with you and, and even just to hear more about your different expeditions, your trips. And I wish you the best of luck with the, with the projects coming up for anybody out there that's listening, that wants to follow along a little bit more, wants to, um, just connect with you, maybe ask you a question or something. What might be the best way for someone to connect? Uh, email is always great. Uh, eboomerphoto at gmail.com or Instagram. I'm eboomer. Um, I usually get messages on there and that's where I put most of my stuff. Awesome. Well, we will have links to both of that in the show notes as well, but definitely if you guys don't follow Eric on Instagram, uh, his photography is, is incredible. So definitely. And, and just the adventure, the whole adventure is, uh, I don't know, worthy of following along because for me, it's just every time I see your Instagram account or something, it's, it's like, it's almost like reading an adventure book or something. I find it just incredible. So keep up doing what you're doing. Thank you so very much for joining me. Final question of the day for you is what is your definition of awesome? Ooh, my definition of awesome is, uh, that's a good question. It is not my definition of adventure, which I was looking at, but I would think awesome is something that is uh, a bit unexpected, uh, beautiful, challenging, uh, and uh, righteous. There we go. I love that. Thank you again so very much, Eric, for for all of this. Um, you have given us so much insight, and I just I think your your story truly is incredible and filled with adventure. And I can't wait to continue following along because 
Uh, you're one of the most adventurous people I know. So yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And for all of our listeners out there, if you guys enjoyed this, please, if you could share it out with one friend, family member, um, again, if you want to throw it up on your social media, please do so. And if you do go ahead and tag, uh, tag Eric and myself so that we could help share it out as well. But if you guys could help share this out, it would just help us build our community, our collective as a whole, and would be greatly appreciated. I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you guys all an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E. AV on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.